0: Discretion is advised as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Now, are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. And we're back, and this time I, Cam Soley, have the wonderful guests. Alistair Wallace from Getting Soft with Doctor Snuggles. How you doing, sir? Uh
1: yeah, good. It's uh it's a little early here, so I'm uh maybe a little lower energy than I than I tend to be on uh, on some shows, but uh doing well.
0: Excellent, excellent. So as usual here for this first season that I'm live, I'm gonna be definitely dissecting what just makes us compelled to just watch various programming and what new stuff abroad is worth tracking down and what old retro stuff we should definitely still continue to try getting a hold of. I will let you take it away at your leisure on what type of programming you definitely think hardcore TV fanatics need to check out.
1: <laughs> uh, so I've, I've listened to uh, you know, the first episode that you did. It sounds like uh, a lot of people kind of had similar experiences in terms of... Uh, like, what really got them into, uh, into binge-watching, at least. I feel, like, uh, I feel like 24 and The Wire were, like, huge influences for pretty much everyone.
0: Uh, it's uh, well put, and it's still actually frightening how many of these so-called addicting shows uh, most people still haven't seen. And they kind of, in a way, they don't mean to shame anyone. But it kind of does come that way. They might as well have told me, oh, how dare you, you bash my show. Because every once in a while, you'll bring something up, and then someone will be like, uh, I've never seen it. And, and someone else is like, oh, my God, you never seen it? What the fuck, man? I'm like, whoa, dude, chill. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to even get into it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, like uh, The the Wire was kind of uh, the first show where I really started, uh, like, buying uh, buying the box sets uh, i think the only box set i'd bought before the wire was uh, twin peaks, twin peaks uh, and is
0: I... a good point because i mean some people like to uh, you see this in a lot of the groups on for the tv show site because they make fun of twin peaks at multiple points and they mention how a lot of the twin peak fans can sometimes be very very uptight and angry like they were they're basically were the rick and morty of their day where they would argue over what the ending of season two actually meant because you know it was canceled and such
1: (laughs) yeah well i'm you know it's gonna make yeah it's gonna make anyone a bit nervous when you uh, were a bit angsty when you end uh the uh, season of the show on a cliffhanger and then never come back for another season
0: absolutely and I mean, the fact that it was in such competition with X-Files and a lot of other supernatural dramas around the same time, Twilight Zone rehashes. (laughs) And nowadays, there is about every other year some kind of supernatural drama that gets compared to stuff like that if it's not shows like Supernatural. And everyone, again, is like, this may or may not be the next Twin Peaks or X-Files. Or no, it's just, right, and it's already back now, so it's definitely going to continue to find competition.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or it's literally just the old Twin Peaks or X-Files coming back for another season.
0: Absolutely, and it's a shame that they couldn't figure out X-Files. The the writers and lead actress Jillian were not getting along, so we're going to have to just enjoy the two new seasons that they came up with. Some people were bashing it, and I can understand why they probably wouldn't like it as much, but... (laughs) I mean,
1: I, you know, I still haven't. Uh, we're actually, uh, we're actually working our way back through the X Files uh, at the moment, because uh, we we never got around to watching the the two new seasons. Uh, so we're uh, we're going to get up to that. I guess, uh, you know, what there's like uh, 210 episodes to get through before you get to the new seasons. Uh, so we should be there in about like four or five months, I guess. Yeah, then,
0: I mean, no, plus okay. you got the two movies and. You can even uh, yeah, find sure. walkthroughs of the video games, which are actually a lot of fun. It's like, man, they're not necessarily violent, but this was kind of ahead of its time. You could play as either character and go through a maze of puzzles while shooting zombie-type creatures.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I never uh, never played the uh, the games either. Uh, are they never... uh, what, PS1 games? Uh,
0: PlayStation 2. Uh, the other one, oh, I think, was a computer game, and it was filmed back in the day back when they actually would film actual actors against a green screen and digitally insert it into the game and you can even find it on x5 on youtube where basically you see all these five different uh catastrophic endings where the main player as Sully or Mulder dies it's like (laughs) jeez that would have been a traumatizing game as a teenager to play
1: (laughs) yeah nice maybe i have to do that i don't know if it's canon if it's canon you gotta do it right you got to watch it as part of the uh the whole <laughs> that would
0: actually be kind of funny just to see cuz it's like that was back around the time back before they were as involved with uh various spin-off material. Mm. Nowadays you don't really see it as much unless it's something owned by Disney. It's if it's not one of those big comic book epic franchise properties, they really often ignore it and it's Uh, Going back to even what you said earlier, uh, I think X-Files is definitely one of those, just like Star Trek, if anyone hasn't seen it or remembers it vaguely, they're still going to revisit it eventually, because just about every streaming platform hosts it. (laughs) And and I I think it's just because it's just been the, even though it's kind of strictly sci-fi, it's got a lot of horror and dark comedy elements that just make it appealing. Most people I know who hate it. Like other shows inspired by it, like Fringe and Supernatural. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and it's funny because I, I think the uh, you know the comedy episodes of uh, of X Files have really stood up. Uh, they're often the strongest strongest ones. Uh, looking back through it.
0: Absolutely, and just how many people before they were known guest starred on it? How many people? Yeah. Uh, post-franchises, post-being well-known would appear, sometimes even as themselves, and they were implying that they were basically like an alien. (laughs) It's like, what the hell?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's half the fun, is kind of looking, uh, watching the episode and and looking at the IMDb page at the same time and kind of realizing that you've seen this person in, uh, well, you know, 24, half the time, honestly.
0: Uh, they definitely shared a lot yep. of people from there <laughs> Star Trek sometimes even Hellraiser <laughs> I'm like, geez, yep. of course they're on there and uh, I, a lot of people seem to have forgotten when it actually ended because they would either stop watching it based on whatever cliffhanger they last saw they're like I thought it ended at this time or that time oh wait there was a season without Sully or Mulder I'm like yeah yeah there was <laughs>
1: Yeah, look, I, you know, I, I totally defend those uh, those last couple of seasons. I think there's some really good episodes with uh, with Robert Patrick.
0: Absolutely, uh, Annabeth Gish was my crush, and yeah, she's uh, great. Uh, I mean, there was plenty of other interesting guest stars, magicians, uh, Egyptian folklore, and I mean, I people do attach themselves to these bandwagons on when certain shows, you know, go downhill and what have you, and so much of it is either because they're attached to the actor. And I just have to say, Hey, if the, if the premise isn't good, I don't want to watch it anyway. I don't care if it's got an A-list actor.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, the, uh, the, like the mythology episodes of the last few seasons are kind of crappy, but uh, uh, that's more to do with the shows overarching mythology getting, uh, getting too weird.
0: Getting too weird. As uh, some of it's more, interesting to talk about than it is to actually watch it and
1: yeah that's for show sure.
0: uh, they do kind of try and play catch up with all the other styles that everyone else was using all the overuse of slow motion and it's like guys this just yeah. looks silly i don't need it this looks like an explosion meant for an A Team type show or walker texas ranger i don't need it in x miles
1: <laughs> no oh one of the uh, uh, you know one of the weirdest things I've seen is uh, when you keep seeing uh, William B. Davis, uh, the cigarette smoking man, uh, like pop up in in other shows. And it's just weird to realize that you know he's an actual uh, like he's an actual actor. Absolutely. He's not, just, uh, he's not just a creepy guy smoking cigarettes all the time.
0: Absolutely, he's had a two episode row on Stargate SG-1 and was later on the show Continuum, which has a lot of X Files type tropes and actors on it per canadian rules (laughs) uh i can't even imagine the show without him especially when you realize that they featured him so heavily as like a featured extra or something and then he they're like hey uh jillian's taking maternity leave and um yeah we we gotta have him be like the main big bot big bad in charge of it all and i'm like i can't imagine it without him
1: I no, 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 exactly. Uh, one of the weirdest roles I've seen him in is... Uh, so this is the Canadian sitcom called uh, Robson Arms, uh, which oh, is basically sitcoms. about a uh, uh, like an apartment building. Uh, and he just plays like a nice old man on it. Uh, and it's... Uh, <laughs> you, you, kind of, uh, you kind of want to tell the other characters, you're like, watch out, that guy's... Uh, <laughs>
0: That dude's cancer, he's... man.
1: <laughs> Stay <Yeah>. away. <laughs> uh, like Black Ops stuff. You gotta watch him. But he's really just a nice old man. Uh, I got really into uh, Canadian comedy for a while after uh, after watching Corner Gas. Uh, so I went and watched uh, like a whole heap of other shows that those uh, the people from Corner Gas are in.
0: I've always meant to get into that. I've seen several different clips, and it was often when people were sharing they were one of those YouTube channels dedicated to showing every TV appearance of a popular comedian or actor, and it's definitely, I mean, a Little Mosque on the Prairie, from what I've seen, it seems to have held up, and a lot of people seem to think oh, I don't get it. And it's like it's another Arrested Development, Trailer Park Boys, another Canadian favorite type show mockumentary. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, conagas is kind of, um, uh, it's it's uh, really hilarious always moderately funny uh it's just kind of like a, a nice kind of calming uh show it's very calming You you feel just uh a real sense of calm while you're watching it and i like that
0: i'm all for that and I, i'd rather something be experimental i mean and then just i gotta be funny i gotta have a joke every minute and i realize a lot of people do that because they are dealing with generation you know 2.0
1: how millennials like their material (laughs) it's it's definitely not experimental i mean it's a very kind of the very old sitcom but uh oh okay (laughs) it's kind of nice i like uh, i like (laughs) quarter guess a lot i got a lot of affection for that show it'd be interesting
0: to do just a uh, survey on just how many people have actually seen it versus people who have heard of it, but not seen it. You versus know, people yeah. familiar with like older sitcoms is like, okay, so you were watching, you know, friends and Cosby show and anything else on Nick at night. How many of you have actually seen, you know, older stuff like good times or <laughs> Barney Miller?
1: <laughs> yeah, we went to, uh, you know, we kind of went from, uh, from corner gas to uh, we, we rewatched all of uh, the Bob Newhart show and then Newhart. Uh, we were just mm. in a real kind of uh, like a calming sitcom uh, kind of situation. That's what I, we're off at that point in time.
0: That's nice. I revisited Carol Burnett four years back and I gotta say, uh, it's just, it's a wonderful variety show and I wish they'd make more shows like that. I wish they... I mean, they were doing that in the 2000s. They would give just about any other comedian like a talk show. They mm-hmm. kind of did that with Wayne Brady, and I think I still am trying to look for clips of that show because it's just a nostalgia favorite. And all I can find is like more clips from back when they refocused the show to be a daytime talk show.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't, uh, you know, we don't get a lot of uh, a lot of like the late night. Shows or anything like that over here, or the variety shows. Uh, We always got like Letterman, uh, but I don't think we really got any of the other ones from the U.S.
0: Uh, Really? Uh, Do you have any like international ones, like Graham Norton?
1: Uh, Probably. I don't know. I don't really watch uh, like um, you know TV so much anymore. I I just kind of, you know, everything's kind of via streaming services these days. I I don't. uh, I couldn't tell you what's actually on TV these days.
0: Uh, that, that's fine I, I i'm a DVR guy i, I have yeah. to record everything i can't stand a minute of commercials because i know it's going to be redone and it's just like it shouldn't be this hard to get to another few do- dozen punch lines or <laughs> <laughs> see last week's cliffhanger it's just too much
1: yeah yeah i um. yeah i, I very rarely kind of uh uh, I, I don't even know how to record a TV show these days. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to a lot, you know, uh, like X-Files and 24 were two shows that I would, I would actually like tape if I, uh, if I knew I wasn't going to be home.
0: Oh yeah. And it's actually kind of been a shame seeing how all the cable networks are playing. it safe now. You know, if it's not something that they have like a seven-year deal with, they're just not going to show it. Yeah. (laughs) And fortunately, Prime is taking note of what Hulu and Netflix are showing and taking a bit from both of those while offering its new innovative content. Uh, Jack Ryan's been a wonderful binge watch. I got to check out Tina Fey's new Modern Love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed Jack Ryan. Uh, In fact, that show reminded me a lot of uh, of Twenty Four. Uh, but kind of, like, updated uh, the right way.
0: Absolutely. Uh, uh, this season was essentially, and we'll review this at a later episode, basically they were like, mm. Let, let's take the best parts of Clear and Present Danger and update it to today's kind of establishment. Yeah. Instead of doing another Russian or, uh, you know, uh, Asian country conspiracy for the billionth time, let's focus on Venezuela.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, there's um, uh, you know, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit dumb at times, but I kind of, you know, that's fine. That's what I liked about uh, Twenty Four as well.
0: Yeah, there's, uh, there's a few moments where you do have oh. to suspend belief, but I don't. I think that's just because we're dealing with writers who've been doing this since the '80s on shows like Wise Guy and even MacGyver.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. There's uh, yeah, there's one, uh, there's one bit in the first season uh, where uh, where Jack yells at uh. I can't remember the guy's uh, the character's name in the show. It's the guy who plays Bunk in uh, in the Y.
0: Yeah, who uh, cares?
1: To to turn this fucking car around and uh, Shavon, who's my uh, my fiance and the co-host of GetSoft, uh, we uh, we say that to each other in the car all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't know how much of it's a common thread or writers drawn from their own real life experiences, or they know people like that. I think it is. I mean, everyone's shouted it at one time or another. Yeah, Trump. seeing it said in a non-comedic uh, manner, turn this goddamn car around.
1: <laughs> yeah, some yeah sometimes you see uh you see a llama farm and you just got to yell at your partner to turn the car around.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just like llamas.
0: Ah, uh, it's funny you bring those up. I I have been to a llama farm by. Where I used to go to school for the longest time. And one day I was taking pictures of llamas for a school assignment. And these jackasses come by and say, Hey, stop fucking taking photos of the llamas. I'm like, wow. <laughs> they're, they're just random teenage kids just having fun. And we just thought that was the funniest thing in the world. is like, because it was an insult. And insults don't have to make sense. But it was just like, Really? We don't even fucking know you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I- uh yeah, that's half the fun of uh seeing llamas is trying to take that good photo of them.
0: And <laughs> now you're gonna make me sit go into albino black sheep mode and sing the llama song. <laughs> uh, my my sisters talked for years about getting an alpaca farm. <laughs>
1: Might have to go for it. Sure. Look, uh yeah, I'm sure there's uh sure there's some real money to be made there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Want your yard mode? Get an alpaca fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, going into how you cover the late night, uh, naughty after dark uh, spectrum, were there any shows that you often watch in that vicinity? I would often do this back, you know, when I was, you know, in high school. (laughs) Uh, I would have Cartoon Network on, and then when no one was looking, I'd go to our bootleg cable and star planes.
1: <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, you know, it's funny uh, it's funny that uh, we kind of ended up um covering these these movies and TV shows cuz we really didn't get a lot of them uh down in Australia. We kind of had uh you know, you'd occasionally we have a uh, we have a network over here That's um one of the uh, one of the government funded ones uh that shows a lot of foreign stuff. Um mm. So you know the joke was that uh, after after you know eleven o'clock at night you'd always get like some kind of uh, uh, Spanish or Italian uh, nudity-filled film. Often, awesome. <laughs> as far as I could tell, uh, uh, tie me up, tie me down with Antonio Banderas. I swear to God that was on like uh, every two months. Uh, so I've seen that a lot, uh, but we really didn't get like the uh, you know the erotic thrillers or whatnot. Uh, and I know because, you know, I was uh, I'd comb the TV guide for anything that had uh, uh, nudity. I uh, did,
0: too. I did, right? too. <laughs> and sometimes it, it, I would I would I was also a bad movie lover being raised on mystery science theater and lesser yeah. seasons of Star Trek. So I was like, look for the one is like aliens in the family part seven or something like that. Um, one out of star four stars got has, contains adult situations and, you know. Sexual situation. Yeah. I'm like, got to see this shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and if it's you know if it's on at uh, if it's on at one a.m., then uh, sometimes you gotta set your alarm, and then yeah. uh, watch it on your uh, Game Gear TV tuner. That's uh, that's what happens sometimes.
0: Absolutely, and it's even funnier now because you you're we're so used to seeing premium channels and all these streaming networks feature all this uncut content, and half the time it feels like did I change the channel to one of these channels mm-hmm. that we used to sneak. And watch, and it's like it's just because the explicit filter is on, and but sometimes that's just it. It's like you do have to do your homework, is like half the time these were just an otherwise B movie, and they just got some popular wrestler or <laughs> actress hired for just that occasion,
1: yeah. Or you know, or uh, or it's uh, oh, you had uh, what's his name, uh, Daniel Stern. I feel like I saw uh, The Boss's Wife with Daniel Stern uh, probably about 15 <laughs> times. And there's really only about two scenes of nudity in that from what I remember.
0: Right. And yet it's such uh, a yeah, color. <laughs> I I haven't seen it. I've seen five minutes of it because we were going for our own mystery science theater tapes and my yeah. father found oh shit, this is my HBO set of tapes. We can't watch this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd be yeah, yeah, I'd be keen to uh, keen, keen to know what his favorites are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, That's it, he totally embraced it. And CNN cover this recently on their uh 90s uh television history cycle. And it's like it totally was before they were cutting down, saying, Oh, you know, we're losing money. It's like it's legal as long as you don't sell it, but of course, everyone's yep. sharing it with friends and they should be allowed. <laughs> I go, Yeah, yeah, exactly. You go to a mom and pop. Uh, store. There's almost always a uh, recorded VHS tape. <laughs> they don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> no. Good time. Yeah. Good times. Uh, you know. I. Um. Yeah. <laughs> At the, and that's and that's where half the uh, half the joy comes from these days, I guess, is uh, when you kind of find those uh, those VHS tapes and you get to you get to relive uh, like the ads and the and everything that uh, people didn't cut out.
0: Yeah, absolutely if i could even get the rare cable tv versions that you know just used to be aired of certain movies and sometimes didn't even make it to the rated dvd or vhs
1: you're like wow
0: there's a third or fifth cut of this otherwise silly movie
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and that's something that we kind of have to I, I always try and find the most uh complete cuts of the movies that we do and uh you know it gets uh it gets challenging at times because there's uh there's multiple different cuts and you end up uh sometimes having to sacrifice uh uh visual quality for uh for like 20 more seconds of uh of runtime absolutely and you
0: don't know how much it's worth and there's collector's items so these yeah. DVDs and Blu-rays go for just insane prices, and sometimes you just are forced to go with the VHS cut of the movie because you're just like, exactly. I'm only going to watch this once, just to review it. <laughs> and I hear it's not yeah. very good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly.
0: And you get the VHS, so sometimes you can get the retro trailers. <laughs> There's one vestron vhs which i think i gave back to half price books and uh i kind of i wished i had not because it had just so many different ones with my all-time b-movie favorite joe estevez and a few other ones and the movie itself was quite it wasn't bad but it was pretty average tv movie it was a movie of the week mystery based on a true story
1: <laughs> oh you know that uh, you know that you're going into something special if uh, if joe estevez is there Oh, absolutely! I just anytime uh, any like uh, uh, like Joey Travolta or Don Swayze, any kind of like brother show showing up, that's when you're uh, that's when you've got quality.
0: <laughs> you know, and it's actually funny how these guys have been in a few mainstream rare
1: appearances and mm.
0: worked for PM Entertainment and were on a few TNT and. It's PM. <laughs> yeah shows that's for long longest men. time
1: oh yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or the real sign of quality is uh, Renee Estevez that's uh, sh- she's not... lovely
0: <laughs> yeah, she
1: yeah she's in one of my one of my all time favourite movies uh, which uh, v- very few people have seen apparently is uh, a movie called Good Girls Don't by Rick Sloan who did uh, <laughs> Goblins and uh, the Vice Academy series uh, but uh, Good Girls Don't is his masterpiece, and it oh, wow. starts uh, Renee Estevez and uh, Julia Parton, who was actually Dolly's cousin, and is uh, one of the all-time great uh, comedic actors, but very underappreciated. And also uh, Christopher Knight from The Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great film. Oh, and also wow. uh, uh, Mary Warner. Wow. Yeah. I, I've her. heard of it i've been mostly
0: distracted by his vice academy series he was definitely one who he was kind of jim winorski and fred olin ray before it was cool if that makes sense Yeah. and got yeah, definitely yeah, got a more mailing list
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny like the uh you know people think of the vice academy series as being uh like a soft call stuff but it's uh it's really not. It's uh, this there's, there's very little nudity in those. Yeah, uh, it's just
0: Police they, Academy. And then they just have just a bunch of these softcore actresses and B-movie favorites. Just, you know, there's at least one or two brief yeah. seconds just to get the R rating. <laughs> that was it. It's like, we don't care what you do. As long as it's R and it's not too adult, and we can air it on Showtime and HBO. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I just got the uh, the Blu-ray of the uh, of the first three. Fact, oh, nice we haven't have time to put it in the play Sloane
0: right. comes off as just a very nice guy
1: super nice
0: and he he's a good sport uh, a lot of these b-movie guys who have had their movies featured on other shows weren't good sports when elvira joe bob or anyone else tackled their material and it's like you kind of get out what you paid for i mean yeah. Those movies were licensed by whatever, whatever channel had licensed them. So they were going to eventually take them out of the vault and say, hey, this meets your standards of a lower budget B or retro or antenna channel movie. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he said, you know, the only problem he had with the, uh, with the Mystery Science Theater uh, review of, um, of Hope Goblins uh, was when they called him an idiot. And he, he said, you know, the movie itself is fair game. But I think, uh, you know, when you're actually calling the person who made it uh, an idiot, that's going, you uh, know, in, in a slightly too far direction. And, that, and that's something that, uh, you know, we, do, we really try hard not to, uh, uh, not to actually get personal on Get Soft. That's something I've always been really careful not to do.
0: Fair enough. And I mean, they're comedians, so eventually it was inevitable they'd get carried away based on how much, whether or not they found the movie good or just cheesy yeah. versus not good. And uh, Attack of the Bee movies, who we'll be having on here soon, ha- has covered a lot of, has covered that movies a bunch of others. And I think he put it up perfectly. It could have easily rivaled Gremlins or Critters and a bunch of the other stuff it was supposedly written before. But, I mean... I think the explosions in it are good. I kind of suffered with it, but I think Rick Sloan has done some better stuff, like *Marked for Murder*, which oh, also. Yeah. I mean, you got a Leonard Malton to even review your movie and give it free stars, so it can't be that bad, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, yeah, he's a lovely guy.
0: On my previous podcast, I was on. Uh, we did tackle how a lot of today's people. You're still finding a bunch of people who don't seem to be aware of what like different tones and moods let alone types of movies you're you're still getting too many of these mindless guys they go oh there's either good or bad it's like no that's not it at all there are movies that are so bad they are good or they're intentionally trashy or intentionally over the top and you can't judge a movie every same way i'm not going to compare anything by full moon to fellini and then again anything that was primarily a vhs only catalog i'm not gonna compare to to every single mainstream or tv or movie franchise it's just a different a different kind of b-movie altogether and b-movie doesn't mean it's bad either a lot of people think that's short for bad movie it's like no b-movie means that either the tone or budget is a little lesser than one would like i mean there's plenty of entries in horror sagas like uh hellraiser or i mean even gremlins or alien you could say are b movie in tone or kind of a b movie (laughs) totally yeah but people don't get it they're just oblivious to this
1: (laughs) yeah i mean you know the only uh the thing that i really can't stand is um uh this kind of trend of of making like intentionally bad movies uh Mm there's uh you know i don't know if you've seen samurai cop yes uh, it's <laughs> a one, really one of the worst movies ever made but also it's <laughs> ever made
0: uh, i um, did suffer through it the first time i still haven't seen the riffrax version but yeah then they made the sequel that was intentionally dumb and some awful. people were saying it was even worse
1: because <laughs> it's yeah, like... actually one of the worst movies i've ever seen the <laughs> sequel uh but like in a totally unwatchable kind of way uh oh, because you know they're making it intentionally bad and it's just no fun. Uh the the good thing about the original is that uh it's made with uh like uh, just such good intentions and there's so much heart in there. I mean it's a, it's completely incompetent. The director had uh, no idea how to actually make a movie and certainly no idea how to write dialogue. Uh but he was trying his best. Uh whereas we, you know with this uh, with this sequel, uh they're just trying to make a bad movie. And it's just, and it is. It's just a bad movie. It's it's um, it, like borderline unwatchable.
0: I, I totally feel you. Uh, the asylum is still just wrecking some of these movies, and some people are entertained by it. They think it's a legit, trying to be a legit movie, and it's like no, they're they're just trying to capitalize and make sure that you buy this as opposed to the zombie or epic movie it's making fun of. And I think where a lot of those just run, just borderline unwatchable like you say like they're negative they don't even deserve to be called a movie because they're just they didn't try they gave no shit
1: yeah that's just no fun
0: today's now it's getting even more hard because you do have to go to a few different review sites and you do have to kind of you have to be creative most people are still just surfing through netflix and they're they're in they're either not Pleased by what they're seeing on the trailer or synopsis. And all I can say is go to a review site. If you want a Twin Peaks type show, look up other shows that people are watching and comparing it to, Mm. as opposed to continually saying, I can't find anything to watch. Then you're just not trying. But I I, I see this still. My uncle and sister will do this. And I'm like, you are going to be disappointed. And you will run out of time to watch this. you got to be creative.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I mean that's uh, you know that's I think that's really the takeaway from uh, uh, from these days with TV is uh, like I I just can't think of the last time I thought to myself I've got nothing to watch I uh, like there's so many shows that I keep meaning to get around to uh, I just can't imagine doing that.
0: Absolutely. I had to force myself to watch all of Nikita and Continuum in one setting because Netflix was going to remove it on the same day. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. well, I still need to. Re-. Uh, and reviewing these for the movie site, The Action Elite, which I've been following for years back when I was in college and seeing the reviews posted on various <laughs> Blu-rays and to join their staff was a treat. It also forced me to be more proactive. It's like, now I got to really watch more stuff because... Yeah. They're covering all the newest releases. I've been covering the latest Bruce Willis and Dolph Lundgren release stuff. But I've been mainly so – yeah, and I'm mainly helping them with the TV department because I'm just like, you you guys, yeah. there are so many good action shows that are up to your kind of movie watch. But mm-hmm. you do have to avoid a lot of the other stuff that is just, yeah, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I, look, I'm you know, I'm uh, I'm glad someone's watching watching all of it. Uh,
0: I mean, I was watching we're gonna bring up Blind Spot continuously as a show that should have been great and kept disappointing every season. And it had sexy people. It even got away mm-hmm. with a few instances of nudity and just There's almost always a gory gunshot to the head that they could not have gotten away with back in, like, 97 or 2000, even.
1: <laughs> is, that the, uh, is that the one with the tattoos?
0: Yes, it, and everyone was comparing it to Born Identity and Die Hard-type shows. It kind of has that, but it, it feels like the main character is a poor man's Jack Bauer, and the main gal is kind of a memento-type chick. And they start... It is definitely that and the blacklist are definitely tied for shows relying on the gimmick and the stars versus actually being good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I could only get through the, f- uh, watch the first episode and I was, uh, I was done.
0: Yeah. A lot of people apparently were, <laughs> it's like they gave up at a certain time. And you're like, can't do it. Can't do it. And I'm like, good. Cause I suffered for it more than you did. And I'm telling you, it gets worse.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And those guys Uh, Sullivan Stapleton was in so many uh, Skinamax shows that were blending action and nudity together and it's like it's such a shame to see that he grew a bigger head and is on a lot of these lesser quality shows where he doesn't even want to be on it because apparently they don't get it's another show where the lead stars are not getting along
1: (laughs) oh yeah that doesn't help
0: and that kind of comes through in the performance so there you go (laughs) Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. You know what's funny is I had family members who still wanted to see it, and I was like, sorry, I, I, this is just insulting my intelligence. I, I can't.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, but look, I don't know, man. People, uh, I've, I've given up trying to understand why, why people watch, uh, some of the things they watch.
0: Yeah. If you were to even tell people why do you still watch Survivor or The Bachelor, they're not gonna give you a precise answer is just like okay it's uh, either either that dumbfoundingly stupid or they think it's a real thing i mean uh previous guest Rob takora talked about how he was a participant on three different episodes of jerry springer and i mm-hmm. was on an episode of cheaters and people still watch that stuff and they think it's real there, there's an audience for it <laughs> yeah for sure yeah two of my friends had it on and saw me on and they're like, is that you? I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, and I don't generally think consider them the type who would watch that, but it, even making a prejudgment is just pretty lame. I mean, people watch out of curiosity or just
1: <laughs> habit by this point. Oh yeah. Especially with survivor. I think it's just habit. You've watched it for 34 seasons. Is that how long it's been on? I don't, I don't know. I've, I've seen a <laughs> pretty particular <of> <laughs> number. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I was just pulling out thing now. I've, you know, I've never seen a full uh, uh, more than like two episodes of uh, of Survivor, but I think I'm gonna have to because uh, there's uh, there's a famous softcore actor, uh, Brian Heideck, who yes. won the fifth <laughs> season.
0: I read that uh, smoking gun article on him years ago. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think at some point I'm going to have to actually watch uh, that whole season uh, just to, I don't know, get my head around who that guy is.
0: You could have a theme where you just say uh, mainstream, you know, B-movie actress or softcore actor-actress in, you know, a primetime show. (laughs) Because there's plenty of them that were on shows like NYPD Blue or CSI. And you're like, oh, there they are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or, uh, yeah, uh, 24. Twenty-four is a big one for some reason. Twenty-four a is a
0: big one. one. Dexter, especially with the strip clubs, is a big contender. There's a few other people from, believe it or not, Jim Winorski, Fred Ray who are on Breaking Bad. So it's just like, yeah, what? You're playing a skinhead on Breaking Bad? What?
1: <laughs> yeah, <Blood and laughs> <the> dead. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, what what's your take on? Well, what's a reality show that you're surprised they haven't tried out? Because back around 2002 to 07, they were trying out a few different formulas like be the next action star, be the next fitness model. <laughs> they pretty much threw it all away in favor of comedy. Like MXC was one I watched religiously, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, because that was a 80s Japanese – it was basically the American because Ninja
1: the, War. She's Castle, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. It had to them a phone, and they redubbed it with a bunch of local LA comedians, and it became a whole different kind of show because it's basically they even created their own storyline essentially because it's basically American Ninja Warrior but with very colorful commentary.
1: <laughs> just, yeah. Um. Jesus, I don't know. I I think they really uh, they really tried everything. I think they even did. Um. Uh. I gather there was like a um. Uh, like a next adult star, um, one where they actually uh they locked someone into a contract with uh, I don't know, like Vivid Video or something like that.
0: I think uh, I know what you're talking about. That was like on VH1 or Playboy or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was listening to an interview with uh, Michelle Maylene, who's uh, you know, a star, in a lot Ooh, of uh, a lot of kind of late period um, uh, softcore stuff and i think oh, yeah. she uh, she she said she uh like came uh, she won but she, she didn't came. like the contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she didn't like the contract that uh, they were trying to lock her into so uh she ended up in the show she actually comes second uh because she declined the <laughs> to sign the contract yeah uh, i don't know i feel like they've uh, they've really uh that period of uh reality is uh, is kind of past now uh and i think it was fun <laughs> Well, it lost it, but I'm kind of glad that that it's moved into whatever it is now. In a way,
0: I mean, people are still tuning out, and MTV will always have an audience, so all you can do is either just support it or just say, well, you know, until the next best thing comes along, I mean. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I remember when uh, Extreme Makeover was a, a new thing, and then... You know, Ty Pennington had charisma. You actually wanted to see actual people getting their house renovated. You felt it made you feel positive. And now that TLC and <laughs> every other channel basically took advantage of that and decided, hey, let we're also hunting houses and remaking them. It's just like it's no fun. <laughs>
1: no no i uh you know i uh, like i said i i don't really watch uh a lot of t v but i gather what's popular is kind of uh, those uh like house renovating competitions or the cooking shows or uh uh the you know the cooking reality shows or whatnot and uh yeah i don't know i just uh it's not uh, it's not what i'm into
0: yeah absolutely uh fugitive fugitive hunter and <sighs> Uh, ancient aliens are the main big techaways that you almost you get a group of 15 people probably about five to ten of them have seen that show at one point or another
1: <laughs> uh yeah you know i mean we're uh, uh siobhan and i are big fans of uh of the uh the oak island uh series but it's not really it's not really a reality show in that kind of sense
0: that's kind of the deal too is like they're running the thin line between what's a credible genre to even insert it in. There's plenty of them that are just staged documentaries with reenactments or there are legit documentaries, but because it's like under 30 minutes or whatever, they're classified as just reality TV or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Hopefully it'll get better. I mean, the premium channels are always trying something out. It's, Right now, it's funny how Cinemax decided to just say, you know what, we're no longer a late-night channel, and now Showtime's kind of taking the reins. They take all these Adam and Eve titles, then they retitle them and cut out all the explicit cum shots, and then it's just an adult movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, yeah. I, I gather it turned out cheaper to just uh, like edit down uh, hardcore stuff uh, than <laughs> to make new softcore stuff. Uh, Essentially, you know, it'll uh, it's all of entertainment is uh, is circular in some way, and I'm sure we'll get back to a point where uh, people are into uh, well, maybe not the softcore comedies that uh, I don't know if we need to see more. I, f- I feel like Jim Winowski and Fred Ray made every one that you could possibly make, uh, but certainly I think we'll uh, we'll get to a point where uh, the erotic thriller is a is a viable kind of uh, form of entertainment again.
0: 50 Shades and all that other horse shit franchises that shouldn't have been franchises are ensuring that they are still there. And at the same time, they're also showing that Zalman King is alive and well. <laughs> he never left. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I hope they continue that because there are some legit ones. Yes, hard to believe there are some legit good ones out there. Once you get for the ones where it's like, yeah, I'm just in it for the sleaze and the other. Yeah. And some of them get unexpectedly violent. Like, they're basically. <laughs> They're just a violent cop show or basic instinct clone and they unexpectedly have two violent moments. And you're like, I wasn't even expecting that this, are you sure this isn't from Roger Corman's production house and it's a script that just get, now got made?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and look, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's half the fun of, uh, of doing the show that we do is, uh, uh, finding these kind of weird gems In uh, going back through uh, through stuff from the 90s and 2000s, it's uh, there's some cool stuff out there, and uh, you know, it's often it's the things that have got uh, like 12 ratings on IMDb.
0: Yeah, Uh, and funny enough. Uh, A lot of people have been rating IMDb content for these recent movies have actually been giving them far more favorable ratings. I saw at least five different ones that had a seven and a half or an eight star rating on there. It was like people are acknowledging it and just having fun with it. It's like, of course, we know what we're watching. But like you say, Olin Ray, it's very clear from his interviews and whatnot that he got very bored of that genre. It just wasn't his thing. So he didn't try. And Winorski was so into it. But like you say, he he stopped getting the offers and the channel cut down on him. So he stopped doing it. Uh, David D. Cantau was a proponent of that and some other B movie and drive in madness. But after he kind of concluded his contract with Full Moon and seeing his recent stuff, it's very much like you said about Samurai Cop 2, where it's like he's just not he's gotten worse as a filmmaker to where you wonder if he should even be called a hack because he's you know he's doing just bottom line everything looks like a student film has crappy audio and it's just like dude you you cannot sacrifice that kind of quality if you want people to actually watch your movie campy or not
1: yeah i don't know if i've actually said like i you know i've, I've watched uh, trailers of david Dakota's stuff but i don't know if i've actually seen anything that he's made past about like uh, 2005 uh but i think you know, like some of his uh some of his 90s stuff is uh uh, rates amongst, uh, my favorite films. Like in all honesty, uh, there's this, uh, film he made in 1997, uh, which he describes as he's like his most personal film, which is called Leather Jacket Love Story. And it was like a $65,000 black and white, uh, gay romance that he made. Uh, and that's one of my favorite films ever. I mean, it's like, it's, uh, you know, it's probably objectively not a good film uh but it's uh it's uh, like it's it's just uh, it's it's got that heart like i was saying you know like uh, like samurai cop it's kind of it's just filled with so much heart and he's just he's really doing his best
0: he definitely it's... at the turn of the century when he left full moon and stopped doing puppet master and other stuff for him yeah you definitely saw a lot of his independent films some of them did look like actual movies some of them even went to cable tv like there's this one called skeletons that even He got even top-rate actors like Joe Penny and yeah. Christopher Plummer, and it looks like a real movie. And so it's yeah. like he was trying to replicate Charles Band and his success with Full Moon, and it seems like he's kind of come to... He's been struggling, and now he's making all these other movies which are LGBT-themed or what have you, but eh, it, it's a pickle because that he's just so slow on content and quick on getting it done and cheaply that he's kind of a shadow of his former self. He's still a fun interviewer and very lively, and he's a Mm. big film buff if you want to even go there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what he's doing now. I uh, I saw a picture of him and uh, Greg Sestero from the room, uh, (laughs) like, in the last couple of days. Uh, So I don't know if they're working together or something i think they're working together i mean they did uh retro puppet master together of course oh i bet i think Um, they're working together again
0: i i mean greg after the room he took a while he did so much just making fun of his struggle as an actor in hollywood and how that movie became just kind of an infamous thing but now he legit i mean he did a movie that actually got some legit good reviews where he and Tommy was so tried to make a, le- an excellent film. So, yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the next stage of his career and he's like, okay, I'm a B movie guy. I've been in one of the worst movies of all time. I've made convention appearances off it. Now, now that you love me for that good or bad. Now I want to be a bigger star. <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe he's. uh, Yeah, he's certainly a a lovely guy. He deserves uh, every success. Some people
0: are still just saying they think he's a bad actor. I don't think he's a bad actor. He's just never got a good chance. He was mainly just a featured extra for the longest time, and he, like you say, Retro Puppet Master was like the most mainstream as he got. For the longest time, that was actually what he said, according to his bio. The only thing you could find on his demo reel. So.
1: Yeah, and if that's uh, and if that's the the highlight of your career, then uh, well, things are things are certainly in a uh, well, they're going somewhere. I don't know where it's going. <laughs>
0: uh, there is definitely. I, I hope we can definitely get more of this. So bad it's good, and have it restored to its proper uh kind of feel as opposed to just more people just saying oh is it like sharknado i'm like dude no i need a legit movie that's trying to be great not yeah intentionally nonsensical because <laughs> and some people still get shits and giggles off it they like any kind of bad movies or it has to have like a two out of ten on imdb and they will buy it on blu-ray i'm like you're you guys are <laughs> <You're> mad
1: <laughs> yeah that's uh it's not for me
0: <laughs> uh, even seeing it free is already punishment enough
1: <laughs> yeah yeah there's only so many hours in a day you gotta uh you gotta have some standards
0: uh, and, indeed and some of those movies are just so bad you don't even want to be caught seeing it because <laughs> you know everyone else will question your
1: quality the rest of the time yeah exactly
0: if you had to rank five actors or filmmakers okay scenario one you're at the used dvd blu-ray store it's a five dollar off special which five names are you instantly going to buy based on seeing their name on the package
1: <laughs> uh jesus um I, I guess you know i like i'm gonna at least pick up anything by uh david dakota's and your fred allen rays and your jim monoski's uh anything andrew stevens is in is uh automatically fantastic (laughs) yes guy is uh if he's directed or produced or especially if he's starring in it uh it's going to be fabulous i promise you
0: if it's a dud Uh it's the awesome kind of dud if it's great it's very underrated kind of great fun fact i saw i I was listening to a older Fred Olin Ray podcast interview and he talked about how he was on this one. Uh, I think they were doing a movie. It had uh, uh master P and a bunch of other has been B movie <laughs> stars. And basically Albert Pion. Yes. Albert Pion of cyborg and nemesis fame started out as the director got fired. And then either Olin Ray or Wynorski were refilming sequences and Andrew Stevens, had a cameo as, like, the police chief, but he only wanted to star in the non, like, the safe-to-air network cable TV version as opposed to the home video uncut TV yeah. version. It's like... And he gave Olin Ray his check, and where it says the name or something, he had Olin Ray's name as huge scrotum. He's, and Olin Ray has described him as a total, you know, smartass. ass. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, I can, I can totally believe that. He's, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, he's uh, he loves very- movies. on screen, that's for sure. He
0: cameos in everything now, too, and he's still going. They made a movie here in Dallas, where I live, years ago <laughs> that had Kevin Sorbo, and it's apparently one of the worst, which I guess oh. meets one of the best bad sci-fi channel movies of all time. <laughs> called fire from below not to be confused with a similarly titled seagull movie and basically he apparently made everybody kevin sorbo former hercules and drama star made everyone his bitch including winorski i think so
1: <laughs> Ooh, yeah i can't watch that guy uh, he makes me really uncomfortable i uh, was like uh, he's super conservative can't deal with that guy
0: I hear you. He has definitely gotten to the point where he does not give a fuck. And I actually had a friend who was covering him at a panel convention, and he was assigned by his best buddy to just record various convention guests. He had to get their permission first. And he asked, you know, Sorbo, oh, a simple question. Hey, man, uh, would you mind if I film you? And he was just all just lining up.
1: Hey, i looks like I want to be filming? And
0: it's like, no, 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 no. There's no need for that kind of passive-aggressive behavior, and mm. I, I pity anyone who fills any of these Z-list actors with all this dough. Uh, I had Tara Reid at a convention. I've never been a fan, but I wasn't going to treat her like anyone, like garbage. No one deserves that, and she walked past through me and almost hit me in another person, and just I could tell her her mind wasn't here. She was leaving her panel early, and I was just like, Really? You know, personal space.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Gary Graver. I would uh, pick up anything by uh, Gary Graver. I think he's uh, one of the uh, most underappreciated filmmakers. Uh, he, you know, he uh kind of got his start as a cinematographer with uh, Awesome Wells back in the seventies. Uh, he did a lot of hardcore stuff, but uh, and you know, like some genuine uh, classics in the, in the hardcore field. Uh, but like everything he does is just, uh, it's, it's just got so much heart behind it. He's, uh, like one of the most unique filmmakers you'll ever see. Uh, so i definitely pick up anything by him. And I'm, uh, man, I don't know, like number five, uh, uh, Ernest G. Sauer, uh, he's like, a, he's, uh, super obscure. Uh, but everything i've seen by him is uh, is heaps of fun we've done uh, at least two of his movies on get Off. we've done uh, the naked detective and uh, new york city nights and uh, just heaps of fun
0: being the loser that i am i have definitely heard of those two movies <laughs> yeah. so where else can we find you on other streaming platforms for your podcast and social media
1: I, you know get soft uh get soft with dr snuggles is on uh, apple google spotify GetSoftPodcast.com is uh is the website we're on facebook we're on instagram uh, we're talking to all kinds of people on instagram uh, we get uh lawrence lanoff and uh sam phillips and whatnot talking to us it's uh it's it's a weird little uh community that we've inserted ourselves into and it. it's uh, it's fun times
0: inserted okay
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> no perfect all right fucking fantastic thank you once again and anytime yeah keep, keep watching all these b movie oddities guys because we might cover them all eventually right
1: yeah absolutely
0: until, until then peace out and thank you for listening the jacked up review show can also be followed on facebook on both the page and the group feel free to chat leave questions make requests for future episodes you can also follow us on instagram and twitter thank you so much for your various support and we'll continue to entertain the hell out of you Till then
1: take care